Hello, and welcome back to Control Engineering's Bridging the Gap series, sponsored by Skynet. I am host number one, Tyler Wall. And hello again, I am host number nine, Gary Cohen. I feel like we should go with our question. Our question of the day this time goes to Tyler Wall. Tyler Wall, are you ready for the question of the day? I am buckled in and ready. Tyler Wall, who is your favorite Saturday Night Live cast member? Oh, of all man. time. Of all any, time. Any generation. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to disappoint you right off the bat. I don't know if I've ever seen one episode of Saturday Night Live. I, I've seen maybe one. I know of people that were on Saturday Night Live. So, like, I know John Mulaney was on Saturday Night Live, and he was a writer for Saturday Night Live. He was. Um, you're, yeah, you're a big Mulaney fan, right? I am big. So he'll probably be my default answer, but for all the wrong reasons. Um, he's been a, a surprisingly good host, though. Like, he was never a cast member, but he's mm-hmm. come back and hosted a couple of times and has been really good as a host. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't catch much of the, the different different hosting sessions. I like there's I can't remember his name. It's uh, and this isn't a host. This is totally deviating from your question. I've caught some of the segments where it's oh, man. It's Scarlett Johansson's husband, Colin Jost. Yeah, I think he's funny. Yeah, and his segment with the other guy that I can't remember his name, <laughs> Michael Che. <laughs> Michael Che. Yeah, that great segment where they. Thank God they I'm other, here. Yeah, where they make each other read things. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's funny. Yeah, always a good segment. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, today we say, let me just level set here. I'm very excited about this podcast for weird reasons because we've talked to Xavier Mizrobian uh, three times previously. Yep. The last podcast we did with him, which was on our, our sister podcast, Bridging the Gap over on Control Engineering, we hit a topic that Tyler and I were like, can you talk about this? I can't talk about this. I don't know anything about this topic. Do you know anything about this topic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we had nothing. Uh, this one, we actually know what he's talking about, which I don't know if that helps you guys, but it makes us feel better about ourselves. Uh, we're going to be really be talking about simply connecting information technology with operational technology. Why should you be connecting it? Uh, is MQTT the right choice? Um, you know, we're going to, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about secure by design, security by design, all really useful topics on here and all things that we actually happen to know something about, which is kind of nice. I was going to say, as far as editorially goes, I would consider us editorial experts on this, meaning editorial being We've got at least an inch and a half deep rather than an inch. You know, we can we can talk about it. We can hold it, our ground. You absolutely do not want Tyler or I helping you no. uh, implement a solution to connect your operational technology and information technology systems. But we can talk about it, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's we are now living in a world where these things being separate from each other air gapping we've talked about it a million times in the podcast. It's really just not a reality anymore. Uh, even companies who think that their OT systems are air gapped are probably wrong. They're probably accessible at least from time to time. You're running updates. Where are those updates coming from? The interwebs. So mm-hmm. everything is connected here. So it's really how do you best and most securely bridge OT to IT uh, what protocols can you use? What are some of the advantages and disadvantages? And we'll talk all about that through this podcast. We will indeed. I mean, bridging bridging the gap, if you will, like our sister podcast. Um, 
bridging the gap between IT and OT is important, especially for any number of reasons that we could go on about for 45 to 10 minutes into an hour. Um, but it's important to unifying the sense of what cybersecurity is, right? It's not just OT cybersecurity. It's not just IT cybersecurity. It is just general cybersecurity. And you couldn't see my hands there, but I did a nice fluttery rainbow effect. And I want you guys to know that's what I did because general cybersecurity is really a really would be a big step and um, just unifying both teams, OT and IT. I was watching the effect. It was magical. I'm sorry you couldn't see it. We should put these things on YouTube so you can see Tyler's hand flutter. Um, but yeah, this stuff, I, I think it's all all really useful information. Good stuff to talk about. Happy to have Xavier Mesrobian back on. He is the vice president of sales and marketing for Skynet Cloud Systems. Uh, we're going to talk about IT and OT. Let's bring him in. And now a word from our sponsor, Skynet. Are you using MQTT? With the Data Hub Smart MQTT Broker, you can aggregate, standardize, and secure your MQTT data. Integrate multiple JSON formats and Spark Plug B and automatically parse JSON schemas. From Skynet, secure industrial IoT redefined. All right, Xavier, thank you so much for joining us. Not once, not twice, not thrice, but a fourth time. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. It's funny. You guys haven't scared me off yet. So <laughs> let's see if we can do it this time. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds good. One more time, you get a set of steak knives. So you, <laughs> you should keep coming on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it looks like today we're definitely going to be talking about a little bit more of the cyber side of you know some of the different conversations we've been having with connection connecting I should say uh, OT and IT. What are some of the advantages of connecting OT and IT, and what are some of the challenges? Uh, well, so let's talk about the advantages. Um, the first one is is that you know historically OT has always been an island of data, and it's an island amongst itself. And so if we want to have access to that data. We have to cut holes into firewalls or share that data with somebody else. And why do we do that? I mean, the truth is, is that we do that because we want to connect to analytics or big data. We want to share information with third parties. And, you know, when you talk about analytics, it is much cheaper to move to, to use the processing power of the cloud than it is to use or invest in processing, you know, in, in our own plants. We want to create digital twins. We want to implement remote monitoring. We want to unlock the data. We want to unlock the data so we can get financial and productivity gains. But there are challenges. I mean, hands down, there are challenges. And, and you know, they really just come down to security. Um, you know, when we're moving data from OT to IT, we have to step back and say, well, what's in OT? Well, OT is industrial protocols. And Industrial protocols were developed, you know, decades ago. <laughs> I mean, the fact of the matter is the concept of IIoT is never been on the requirements of industrial. And so when you start talking about how do I get that data or how do I bridge that data, I have to deal with this whole concept of cybersecurity and how do I, you know, get the data out without compromising the security. And so that's where the big challenge is, is, is in that I've got old stuff here and I want to make it secure. 
How difficult is that considering when you're dealing with OT, you're often dealing with legacy systems, machines that have been running for 20, 30 years that weren't designed with security in mind? Well, you know, I think the rules for bridging OT to IT um, are actually not that complicated. It, it, truthfully, it's not difficult so long as you play by the rules. Um, it's important the data source firewalls not be open for any incoming connection. So that sounds very simple to say, but if you think about OPC, the client must connect to the server. So clearly I can't use OPC to bridge OT to IT. Um, no open firewall ports means no attack surface on from the internet or from any adversary. Um, the data source should really make an outbound connection. So you need to start looking at protocols that make outbound connections. Um, attacking outbound connections is very difficult. And if you apply SSL and strict, strict certificate checking, uh, then it addresses DNS poisoning, man in the middle and packet sniffing. And then finally, you know, you add the username, the password, IP authentication, and that provides that added protection of saying, who am I and where am I? So where the challenges, where the, the, the best practices are is, you know, keep the firewall ports closed and secure the data path and you should be fine, which means you're going to have to bring other protocols into play. So, I mean... Recently, I mean, we obviously had a couple conversations at this point. Um, we've we've briefly touched on MQTT. Uh, is it the right choice for bridging OT to IT? So MQTT is a good choice for bridging OT to IT as it publishes outbound. I mean, the advantages is, is that you don't need an inbound firewall port in the operations, but it does add some costs and complexity. So first, um, your data in OT is is, you know, one is it's not MQTT. So you have to convert that data to MQTT. Um, the other thing is, is that if I'm trying to get data into IT, just IT, that's okay. Uh, but the question becomes, should I be implementing a DMZ? Um, ISA 95, NIST, uh, you take a look at all the recommendations out there and they will all tell you that you should always be implementing a DMZ. And so if you implement a DMZ, now you have some complexity with MQTT. So I have a client connected to the DMZ, and now I need to publish the data from the DMZ to IT. So I've got a double hop there. And so that double hop adds complexity again. Now I'm dealing with a broker that supports both you know, client connections as well as a broker connections. And then I have to mirror that data across from the, you know, the OT to the DMZ and then from the DMZ to IT. So, so there's a cost associated. Um, is it a good choice? I would tell you uh, it's not a bad one. Um, there are better options by far, but uh, you know, Data Hub offers a solution can effectively maintains the closed firewall ports, gets the data, hops easily, doesn't require programming. Um, there are other, you know, solutions as well. One could use Kafka. Uh, one could use OPC UA over MQTT. That's another option. Um, you know, it really depends on what's right for that implementation. So let's talk about some of the protocols that are being used. I, you, you mentioned some. What are they and what are the advantages and disadvantages? So all of them 
the advantages of the protocols and, and whether we're talking about Kafka or MQTT or MQT Spark plug B or excuse me, or data hubs transfer protocol, um, they all offer outbound publishing capabilities. And that's what you want. When you're getting data out of operations, um, you want that connection to be outbound. Kafka streaming. So it's a streaming protocol. It has some, you know, it's lightweight, it's fast. Um, it can deal with a lot of data. MQTT is TCP based. So it can get data out. Um, it does a really good job in terms of getting the data out. Spark plug B sets a protocol on top of it, which is good. It gives you that consistency of the data. Um, there are some advantages. The disadvantages is that all of the other protocols, they all require you to convert to that protocol. So you're converting data, constantly converting data to get that data out. Um, data Hub Transfer Protocol does that conversion for you. Um, it takes the OPC and delivers it back to OPC wherever you want it. Um, that's an advantage because you're not having to, you're not having to deal with the protocol conversion at all. It's being done for you. Um, but at the end of the day, regardless of the communication used, whether it's REST or MQTT or Kafka or our transfer protocol, it's that whole idea of closing and making sure you do not open inbound firewall ports on your OT network. So let's bounce back to something a little more overarching. I know a phrase that's thrown around a lot in the cyber industry is security by design. So could you tell me what that means to you? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Um, so the, you know, if you talk to um, Microsoft, if you talk to AWS, they all talk about software definable VPNs, uh, where you can define what access at a VPN level to get various data. Um, the problem is, is that all of the systems out there are based on this concept where if you really want to secure it, then you have to start using deep packet inspection, you have to start using proxy servers, um, and you're playing a cat and mouse game. Because what's happening is, is that the cats are getting smarter at breaking into your network. And the mice are the ones that aren't getting too much smarter. Um, so we're dealing with cybersecurity to try to lock down the cat's ability to get into my OT network. In a secure by design approach, you've built security into your product, which means that we've made it difficult for anyone to get in to begin with. Um, and so you, you think about, you know, why is that so important? Well, if I have a technology that only establishes outbound connections, then I don't need to worry about an inbound connection coming in. I don't have to worry about somebody trying to, you know, attack my server because they can't see it. They can't view it. There's no way to get there. So the data, it's, it would be encrypted, it would be secure, and it would be outbound. And so you, that solution is completely designed with security in mind, as opposed to, oh, well, we'll add it in with a packet sniffing. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, a question for you about just back to the beginning, connecting OT to IT. Again, something that maybe people will be a little bit hesitant to do, a little bit afraid to do. 
what would you say to somebody who is nervous about that, especially considering, as you mentioned in an earlier podcast we've done, you know, most of the major security breaches that have happened on on the OT side have really started from the IT side anyway. Everything's connected to the internet now, so those cross breaches are obviously possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess what would I tell them um, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, in terms of moving OT to IT? Um, you know, if you look at large large organizations uh, that have multiple plants um, or they have multiple uh, control systems in place, uh, they're bridging it today. Um, so as an example, you know, go down the highway, you're going to see a wind farm. Uh, that wind farm, you know, you're not going to see a control engineer on that wind farm. It just doesn't exist. I mean, he doesn't exist. Um, they're monitoring and controlling those wind farms from a central facility, whether that's in the U.S. or Chicago or whether that's going to be in Spain. Um, the technology exists to securely move data using public transport. Um, now, if they exist to move data from a remote facility to a central facility, that same technology can be used to move data between segmented networks. Because in fact, we are running through segmented networks when we're connecting from a remote facility because the likelihood of them having you know, a, a fiber optic line on a wind farm is pretty close to zero. <laughs> they're running you know, cellular or they're running, um, you know, they might be running satellite. And so it's possible. It's just a question of, you know, you need to implement the highest level of security possible. So we got one more question for you here, and I can guarantee you this is the most important question in your entire career. Um, What is your favorite movie that has to do with cybersecurity in any any capacity? You could be your favorite cybersecurity. It could be a really bad one that you don't care for very much. Just in your mind, what sticks in your mind as? Uh, a cybersecurity movie that you've seen. I'm going to say movie or TV show. I'm going to expand this a little bit for you. Or musical. Hey, maybe there's one out there. You know, that's a really good question. I I would tell you that I really have never actually watched a really good movie that talked about cybersecurity. Um, There was a Netflix series that talked about how governments, um, um, you know, used individual information um, but I don't even, I can't remember the name of that series. Um, and it was fascinating, but I've never seen a movie that actually talked about cybersecurity from that perspective, that it stands out in my mind as being, oh, this was the greatest movie in the world. We've been asking people this because that's, that's where the discussion started. We thought, you know, when doctors watch Grey's Anatomy, they think this is all ridiculous. This is all nonsense. And so we wondered if people who worked in the cybersecurity industry had anything that they either thought, this is good, this is a fairly accurate representation, or just thought, this is ridiculous and fun, which we had a few of those. You know, in in my, knowing what I know and the clients that I work with, um, I have in my home industrial class cybersecurity tools to prevent people from hacking in. I have... I shred everything that comes out of my house. I go through great lengths to make sure nobody knows anything about me, if they can, if I can. But in the world of internet now, everybody can find everything they want from me. Yep. It's all out there. It's all out there. there. Now, now Tyler, I'm going to go on a deep dive and see what we can find about you. 
Yeah. Uh, Xavier, it's been a pleasure talking to you through these podcasts. Thank you so much for coming on again. We've really appreciated having you. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. And worth with a charm. What can I say? <laughs> Hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. There we go, everybody. Xavier Misrobian back with us on the podcast. Love to have him. Uh, interesting topic. We we talk a lot about uh, data. And I think this is, I mean, we are living in an era where we just have an explosion of data coming and more data coming at us than we've ever had before. We did, uh, Tyler and I uh, did, did a podcast over on Control Engineering, our Bridging the Gap podcast, where we talked to uh, to Jeff Winter. And he he was talking about how, you know, I'm totally making up the numbers, by the way. But it was something like we've produced more data in the last year than we produced in the first, you know, 10,000 years of humor or whatever, 10, 15,000 years of human existence. Um, and so, you know, OT systems, IT systems, we're, we're creating all this data. We want to have access to this data. OT should be an island, should be on its own, it should be protected, but we need to get access to the data. So then it becomes this question of how do we get this data out without, without compromising security? Um, you know, it, it's the simple things like we've talked about before. You got to close those firewall ports, but you know, you might have to cut a hole in the firewall to get to that data. So it's, it's a little bit of a tricky thing. Um, but you know, as Xavier said, the, the technology does exist to securely move data. So we just need to make sure we're, we're taking advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, I appreciated this conversation on a couple levels. The main one being we, we talk about it and OT. Uh, a lot about it in the sense of the teams, right? You know, more of the, not the social aspect, but, you know, just trying to bring the two teams together to work together. This was more on the side of what it means on a technical level to bridge IT and OT and kind of merge that, not on a data level, but on a, you know, just to make it all one coherent thing rather than two separate things. If you're looking for a great member of your team, control engineering, baby. Make sure you're going to control engineering all the time. You're obviously already here. You're listening to Bridging the Gap. You found it. Uh, make sure you're checking out all of our great content. Uh, you'll find other podcasts in this Bridging the Gap series where we talk about uh, the impact of uh, artificial intelligence on industrial automation. That's AI and IA. If you, if you saw me have a little blip there, I confused myself with the AI and IA. Very confusing. Uh, but there's all kinds of good uh, content about AI and machine learning, control systems, digital transformation, industrial networking, mechatronics, all kinds of great stuff, which you can get in video format, podcast format, article format, ebook format, webcast format. Check it out at controlenge.com. And of course, once again, thanks again to our sponsor, Skynet. For sponsoring this episode in this couple episodes uh, where we've talked to our great new friend, Xavier Mizrobian. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.
Hello, and welcome back to Control Engineering's Bridging the Gap series, sponsored by Skynet. I am host number one, Tyler Wall. And hello again, I am host number nine, Gary Cohen.